0: Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca Gagan, and this is Waving Not Drowning, a UVic Bounce podcast. Today's episode is being recorded on the unceded and unsurrendered territories of the Wasanich and Lekwungen peoples. In today's episode, I talk with Dr. Aaron McGuire, an archaeologist and associate teaching professor in the Department of Anthropology here at UVic. Aaron is also a UVic alumna. She teaches Anthropology 100 and a number of archaeology courses and is the Undergraduate Advisor for Anthropology. Erin is also the very first recipient of UVic's Excellence in Teaching for Experiential Learning Award. In our conversation today, Erin shares some of her own experience as an undergraduate student who was trying to sort out that really complicated and um, tricky question of what is it that you want to do with your life? Um, quite often students feel that there is this pressure to know, even on day one, not only what your major uh, will be, but also um, what you will be doing in post-grad, uh, what your career will look like, and basically just the whole trajectory of your life. I think students often feel just such intense pressure um, to have it sorted out, and then also a lot of pressure to uh, commit to that trajectory and to not change their minds. So Erin's words today I think will be very helpful um, as she really discusses how she tried to cope with some of those feelings of failure Um, and shame around not knowing what she wanted to do, and also her feeling of really wanting to honor who she was, and her strengths, and her passions, and to really root herself in that so that at the end of the day, she was pursuing something that actually felt like a good fit for her. We'll also be talking a bit about the importance of building support networks. And this can include, of course, um, counseling or therapy as a way of untangling and really having a space to reflect on some of these feelings that come up um, as you navigate um, your undergraduate experience. And as Erin shares, therapy can be a piece that's so helpful in Coming to understand oneself and to really be able to sort out some of these feelings that uh, are really tricky to navigate on your own. I'm so happy that you've joined us today. I'm Rebecca Gagan here with Dr. Aaron McGuire, and this is Waving, Not Drowning. hi Erin thanks so much for being here today how are you doing
1: I'm I'm getting by Rebecca but it's it's been a complicated year
0: yeah it, it, it certainly has uh like how have you been uh you know coping this past year oh well it's now almost a year hard to believe yeah
1: it was um you know it was really scary in the beginning months of it uh just the uncertainties and and not really understanding what was going on in the world around us. And to some extent, some of that fear hasn't really gone away. Because although we know more, we still are left with a lot of uncertainties. And that's that's hard to wrap your head around sometimes. So it's it's been a struggle for me. I'm definitely feeling the fatigue that's, you know, the combination of things like Zoom fatigue, because I'm on Zoom all the time, and pandemic fatigue, because it's just the same news in different flavors all the time. And it's, it's exhausting, to be honest. So it's, it's definitely been a bit of a roller coaster and a bit of a struggle this last year.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, one of the things I'm hearing this term and you know, I've been sort of talking to students a bit about is, you know, asking them, you know, now that they've had a term of this sort of, you know, behind them, is it is does it feel easier? Does it, you know, feel smoother this term? And actually, I think, you know, what students are feeling, and certainly what I'm feeling is is what you've you've said, Aaron, just like a kind of just exhaustion that it it, it just reaches a, a point where it's, it's not a matter of it feeling easier. It's just that you're, you're continuing to keep going, as you say, in the midst of uncertainty, and perhaps getting used to it isn't, that's not a positive, um, that's not a positive thing, right? To somehow feel like, okay, like this is our, this is our way of living now, right? And so, yeah, I think that the burnout is is very real for students and certainly for faculty so if you found anything aaron um, over the past you know months that has been helpful for you
1: yeah there's a few things that i've been trying to build into my daily strategies to help me out Um, one is i've got a counselor that i talk to on a regular basis and um, i i'm I'm taking um, antidepressants and, and they work for depression and anxiety and I'm being very meticulous about taking those on time and, and being vigilant about it because the chemistry in my brain needs the support right now. Um, and then the big one that my counselor's been encouraging me to do and is and sometimes an effort to do is just that getting outside on a regular basis to try to get outside every day just for a little bit and it, it can be hard because I feel like I have so many things I should be doing, but that's a piece that um, it helps me do the other things better if I make the time to do it. So getting outside has been a really big one. And then the other piece that's been an absolute lifesaver was kind of an accidental thing that I stumbled into Um I started using Microsoft Teams as a tool to communicate with my students and to get some support for some of the technologies we're teaching with. And a group of us ended up forming a kind of informal support group for faculty. So people who are teaching and going, oh my God, this is so hard. And just having somebody else who could say, yeah, it is really hard right now. Um, Or share silly memes or, you know, just, just something so you don't feel so alone. Because that was a big part of the problem is, you know, here we are all working from home, and you don't have those chance encounters with people in the hallways, you don't have somebody to talk to at the end of a class or over your lunch, and you just you feel so isolated And so connecting with some other people informally outside of, you know, class time and everything else, just to say, hug has been really, really beneficial to me.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, for, as you say, for faculty and for students missing, those on campus informal interactions where, you know, I certainly and and just adding in the outside piece, like I think about walking from even just from building to building, right from when I would be going from class to class. And you would see students or you'd see colleagues, and you could then just just have a chat, you know, a brief chat and say how you're doing and, and just all of those connections, which would have also been outside. you know, are so crucial. And I think that we have taken for granted, like I I certainly have, like those moments, I didn't realize actually how supportive they were to my uh, mental health, like to my well-being. like in a day. And as you say, I'll just spend the day sitting in front of the screen and then think to myself, oh, I should really go outside. And then the hours will pass and I've not done it. And, uh, but yet I know, that that will be sustaining f- for me. And I think, too, what you've been saying, Aaron, is just so important around, you kind of have to rally all the supports, like, you have to figure out for yourself what you need to get through, mm-hmm. recognizing that it's so hard. And I, I think for students being able to just have that compassion for themselves and say, you know, this is really hard. Like, to, to do this kind of schooling in this environment, in this pandemic, you know, is new, but also so darn hard. Absolutely. And then, as you say, to have like your friends or colleagues or fellow students be able to just say, I love that you say, just to say, ugh, <laughs> you know, like that, that, that is enough, right? And it, and it just really helps to remind us that what we're doing um, is so hard. And I think it has been. Uh, so challenging for for students in particular. And as you know, you're here today because we're trying to um, have faculty really talk about their own experiences of challenge and difficulty as students, just so students know that they are really not alone in having these difficulties and not just difficulties that are um, absolutely emphasized and deepened by the pandemic, but um, in non-pandemic times, that um, they are not alone and that there's absolutely no shame in in sharing those challenges. So I'm hoping to, today, Erin, that you can maybe share with us, um, just I'm so interested to know about your own experiences as a student. Sure, absolutely. Um, my undergrad was, it was long.
1: It was it was a very long period of time. So um, I had actually been living on a military base in Germany when I graduated high school. And it was right around the same time that the base was closing down. And so they packed us all up and sent us back to Canada and my family moved to the Chilliwack area. Um, there used to be a military base out there and that's that was dad's last posting. And. I, it was, you know, I just graduated high school, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do with myself, and I was, I was trying to figure it out, and so I went to what was then a university college, um, now they're Fraser Valley University or something like this, but at, a, at the time it was University College of the Fraser Valley, and I did a couple years there, and I, God, I changed topics so many times. I started out, I was determined I was going to do computer programming. And so I did like computer programming and math and physics, and I did some language for fun, Uh, took Russian and French, funnily enough, from the same instructor, which meant that I mixed the two languages together all the time. Um, But what I realized at the end of that first year, and this is kind of ironic now, was that I did not want to spend the rest of my life staring at a computer screen. (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm like nope computer programming not for me gonna change to something else so i don't have to look at computers all day long um the irony of that is not lost on me uh and so I, I switched in and started doing more stuff around language, because language was really fun. I took some philosophy, I took some sociology, and then I applied to UVic. Um, and so I did two years at this college, and then I came to UVic for my undergrad. And um, I started out in UVic's uh, Slavic Studies program. So I was doing... Um, Uh, Lots of courses on things like Russian and Russian history. And um, I kept doing French because I liked it. And frusky, which was my mix of French and Russian, was entertaining. (laughs) I actually used to write really bad poetry in frusky. Um, And, uh, you know, I just, I kept doing courses kind of all over the place. And uh, as I was getting close to the end of my Russian degree, by that point, I'd probably been in sec- in post-secondary, um, so the college and the university for five years or so. And I was looking at how many credits I had to do still. And, and um, I needed at least one more year to finish the degree because I'd been kind of all over the place, couldn't figure out still what I wanted. And the big thing that started scaring me was that I was doing a degree in Russian and I didn't know what kind of job I was going to do. I'm like, I'm not fluent enough to be a translator. There really aren't any teaching jobs in Russian in BC. And what on earth am I going to do? And uh, my friend at the time, who actually funnily enough is now as of yesterday, my husband of 19 years, but at the time he was my friend. And uh, he and I sat down and took a look at what I'd been studying and we realized i was actually this close to a second degree in medieval studies and so i talked to the academic advisors at uvic and i ended up um, completing what they called concurrent degrees so two completely separate bas um it took me seven years total and i came out with two bachelor degrees one that was uh, russian with a minor in linguistics and the other was medieval studies with almost but not quite a minor in anthropology I was totally scared by the science side of anthropology so I didn't quite finish the minor (laughs) the irony of that is that now I actually love the science side of anthropology it's one of my favorite parts of the course to teach but as an undergrad I'm like I'm no good at science I can't do this thing it scares me and, and I steered clear of it So my undergrad was kind of characterized by indecision and um, kind of fear of the unknown and not knowing what I wanted to do with myself. And it was just, it was sort of all over the place. Uh, Took me a really long time and cost me a fair bit of money. Um, But as I kind of came to the end of it, what I did know for sure was that I really loved being a student and I loved learning all of these things and I decided that I wanted to go on to grad school and so I then was a little up in the air what kind of grad school do I want to do and what subject and and I knew I wanted to keep going with the medieval stuff but I couldn't decide if it was going to be history or literature or archaeology and funnily enough uh, what ended up deciding me in the end was that uh, I applied to a bunch of grad schools got accepted to several and they were all different programs. So I was in a lit program, and a uh, history one, and an interdisciplinary one, and an archaeology one. But I got a scholarship for the archaeology one. And so that was the thing that decided <laughs> that me, finally, better. I'm going to do archaeology, because there was funding to do that. And um, it led to, so I did my master's, and then that led to my PhD. And, and, um, at that point, I was kind of, I was set. I knew where I was going and what I was doing as long as I could find a job after, which was always the the kind of terror. But through all of that, the thing that was most consistent for me was that I loved A, learning and B, sharing my learning, um, which really meant that teaching was the thing that I was most passionate about. Uh, as a grad student, I loved being a teaching assistant. I I absolutely loved working with groups of undergrads. And so um, when I was looking for work, although I, uh, you know, obviously was looking at the kind of traditional academic jobs, I also started looking at these teaching jobs. And I went that route in the end um, and got the the teaching position that I'm in now at UVic uh, in the anthropology department. So yeah, the kind of consistent themes through the whole thing was not really knowing where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do until I got there. Mm-hmm. And, and that was finally like, oh, this is, this is the place that is what I want to do. And sometimes I still find myself going, you know, I could do another degree or I could go learn about this other thing. And I'm going to teach this different course because it's something new that I can learn about. And, and that keeps me motivated and keeps me going as well.
0: What, Erin, were maybe, like, I'm just wondering if when you were doing uh, your undergrad, for example, which you describe as really this kind of journey of trying to discover not necessarily uh, which discipline you wanted to, you know, sink it like your energies into, but also it sounds to me like you were trying to figure out what, what you, what, what was your passion, like, you know, outside of the discipline, right, like what were the the things you liked to do in terms of like the skills you like to use and things like that. So it sounds like that was a long journey to, to discover that. And, and I know that um, many students feel, especially these days, just so much pressure to complete. And of course, the, as you say, it was expensive. So the financial um, toll that takes of, of staying longer to figure it out and students will say, no, there's no, there isn't any time, you know, like I, I, I can't, keep um, funding this, right? So I need to know what I'm doing so that I do that path, I don't change my path, and I then end up with a a job, right, to start paying off all of these costs and debts. So I guess what my question is, is, you know, did, did you encounter or did you feel like in your undergrad, like pressure to to kind of sort it out, because I think there is that feeling of you, you hit the ground running, you know, on day one of university and students feel like they have to have it figured out that they have to know what they're doing with their whole lives, you know? So I'm just wondering what you, what you might say to that. So I
1: was really lucky in that my parents didn't put a ton of pressure on me. I mean, they, I was paying for it. um, And I, I got, some scholarship money to help, and I got um, a lot of student loans. I'm actually still paying off my student loans.
0: Oh, I only just paid um, mine off a couple years ago.
1: I I got two more years to go, and then it'll finally be done. It's a happy day. <laughs> exactly, I'm looking forward to that. But my parents, because my parents weren't the ones dumping tons of money into it, they were really sort of you know do do what makes you happy, and that helps because I know a lot of students do face pressure from family yeah. to to finish this thing and get the right kind of job and so on and having having some honest conversations with family can help around that Um, but I was I was just one of those lucky ones who didn't have that leaning on me I am a perfectionist though Um, I really struggle with perfectionism and I have really ridiculously high expectations for myself so the person who was kind of beating me up the most for not knowing what i wanted to do with myself Mm -hmm. was me i i was the one putting a lot of pressure on myself and then at the same time i I was also trying to give myself room to figure things out so it was really frustrating to me that i didn't know what i wanted but i also um i really couldn't force myself to pursue the stuff that i you know i would try it and then it wouldn't be the thing right like the computer programming and I, you know, I was so sure that that was going to be it. And then I'd try it and it was, it was terrible. And it was so not what I wanted for my life. And rather than force myself to stay in it, I tried to be really compassionate with myself and say, okay, well, let's try something different. So I was angry with myself for what I perceived as a kind of failure in a way, Mm -hmm. but then I could learn to step back from that a bit and allow myself to try something different.
0: And it sounds like you, uh, as you say, you were, it was something that you wrestled with right, for, for your undergrad, that kind of tension between putting the pressure on yourself to um, have it sorted out and to not take more time. But also, it, it sounds to me like you knew it almost instinctively or intuitively what you needed.
1: Yeah, I, you know what I really wish, though? I really wish that as an undergrad, I had actually seen a counselor of some sort. I didn't get into counseling for mental health stuff until my grad studies and and then it was late in my PhD when I started seeking help that way. And I wish I'd had somebody to kind of help me figure out early on that it was okay to to changed my mind it was okay to not be sure I wish I'd had somebody who could kind of give me some strategies to cope with the negative thoughts that were in my head around that kind of stuff too so that it wouldn't have been quite so painful yes to to wrestle with this sense of of failure that I had for not figuring it out um Yes. yes and that was a piece that I I was really missing um I you know I felt like there was a lot of stigma In terms of needing help at the time, this was quite a while ago, and and um, it wasn't mental health wasn't something people talked about during my undergrad years, and I wish it was because I think it's it's so crucially important, and I didn't understand it in myself, right?
0: And I don't know if you were like me, Erin, but it sounds a bit like you were, Um, you know, I like you, I did not start seeing uh, a counselor until. I started grad school. And I think that was a sort of common experience. But I've been reflecting on this. And I think, well, actually, I, I really, I think, struggled as an undergrad with pretty, you know, at times debilitating anxiety and certainly, you know, perfectionism and these kinds of things. And I think like in retrospect, I thought that was just what it felt like to be a student or something like I don't think and people didn't really talk about it. And so at least now we're talking about it more. But if I could talk to my undergrad self, I, I would say you get yourself very quickly you know, to um, to counseling and this will really help you and help you to understand yourself, but also to realize that what you're going through in many ways is, is um, you know, is part of that wrestling that you do as an, as an undergrad. But as I say, it was very late in, in the day when I first started that and it started to address my anxiety and, um, I, I think, as you say, it was just not something that, like, that people really talked about. And so you just kind of sucked it up or something. And uh, so I really appreciate you you sharing that. And it sounds to me like that's a good segue, Erin, into you've already started to sort of answer my question of what <laughs> advice would you give to students uh, who are, you know, just maybe starting their degrees or starting grad school or any of those things?
1: Well, I'd say it comes down to a few things. One is it's okay to not be sure right now, you know, to try different things, especially I teach these um, large first year courses. And so a lot of students are coming to me fresh out of high school, and they don't know what they want to do with themselves yet. And that's okay. Uh, or they do know, but then they change their mind. And that's okay, too. Right? Um And then I do have students who are in you know their third or fourth year and they're still going I still don't know what I want to do and that's actually okay as well you don't have to have the answer to everything during your degree so being okay with not being sure I think is a really important thing try a lot of different things um, take different subjects also look at things like different clubs and stuff to get some experience beyond the classroom which is harder right now of course with the pandemic but uh, it's i think an important side to university and and i hope something that um, can become available for students again and then um getting a good support team together, whether that support team is, you know, your medical doctor or a counselor or um, the people at the Center for Accessible Learning, a group of friends, your parents, but have a support team um, that will work for your particular set of needs, because not everybody needs counseling, but you know, a, a lot of people do. So if that's something you might benefit from, try it and see how it works. And tied into that is be willing to try it more than once. Um, if you don't have a good fit, try again with a different counselor, or if the first couple sessions feel weird, give yourself time. It's something new. You know, it's okay to keep trying again at things. And then um, the other one that, that relates to the support group and student connections through things like clubs and this kind of stuff what, what we're missing are those opportunities to build those relationships on campus. And so many people are so lonely. So my other piece would be grab at whatever opportunities are available to you to make connections. If your prof throws you into a breakout room to talk about something uh, related to the lecture, talk to the people there, unmute, have a conversation, and maybe even grab some contact information so you can carry on the conversation or talk about something else later. Um, if in my course I'm using Teams as a tool to um, help my students contact me and, and ask questions, but it's also a place where they could be talking to each other. There's um, Discord sites for a lot of courses and things like that. So reach out to people. I know it's hard. Um, again, it's that uncertainty of how somebody else is going to respond. It's the the kind of fear of loneliness and rejection and and all of that. But bear in mind, they're probably feeling that too. Um, And so it's, if you can, it's kind of like taking that walk outside. If you can just push yourself out the door to talk to somebody and maybe it will help. Um, You gotta give it time, but I I hope that you can make some connections that will help things feel a little less isolating this year.
0: Thanks Erin, that is just really such just such supportive advice. And I especially um, think your advice around trying counseling and and kind of keeping at it. And, um, and the other piece, I think is so true that it can really feel like, um, in terms of the isolation that you're the only one who's really struggling or who is so desperately lonely. Uh, But you know, my side of it as an instructor, and I think you probably um, experience this as well, is that you hear from students, right? And so I always tell students, no, like, I can assure you, like, you you are not alone. I I know this with 100% certainty, because I'm hearing from other students who are sharing their feelings, right? So those um, efforts to reach out, I think, will just be met with joy, you know, and as you say, it's hard to feel these days, especially when we feel this great burden on us. It's hard to take the step outside the door. Um, but, uh, I think you've really reminded us of the importance of doing that as well for for mental health. So, well, Erin, it has just been such a pleasure, uh, talking with you today. And I know that, um, I I have felt supported listening to you and um, I've really learned from you today. And so I'm sure that uh, our listeners are feeling the same way.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know what I'm going to do after we wrap this up, I think, is go out. I can see some blue sky out my window and I'm going to go set foot outside my door for at least five minutes, maybe even 15 if I can pull it off <laughs>
0: you know um,
1: and just get some of that fresh air. I think air. I'm going to
0: do the same. I see the sun shining and and the dog is is just pretty much giving up on me ever taking her out. <laughs> so I think that, uh, <laughs> I better surprise her today and, and take her out for a walk. So all right, well, awesome. thanks so much, Erin. Uh, And um, be well. In next week's episode of Waving Not Drowning, I talk with Dr. Peter Loke, UVic's Dean of Science, about how to handle rejection and also about how to develop a healthy relationship to assessment. That's right, we'll be talking about grades. I really hope that you'll join us for that conversation. In future episodes of this podcast, I'll have conversations with faculty from across this campus, from engineering to fine arts, in which faculty will share their stories of challenge and difficulty as students and offer some helpful and supportive words. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and also on Instagram at UVicBounce. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, be well.
1: Go get-